Well, last week we heard John's version of the call of the disciples. And this week it's Matthew's turn. And it is very different from what we read today, from what John had to say a week ago. In Matthew's version, the men are standing on the shore mending their nets when Jesus comes along and they drop everything. Whereas with John, two of them, they, we have a nameless disciple and then we have Andrew and they're walking along behind Jesus and finally they ask him, where is he going? And we hear those magical words, come and see. Matthew's gospel is very focused on the poor and what they are lacking, whereas John's gospel is a, what we would call a high Christology, which is to make sure we understand that Jesus is the Son of God, and the reason that he came to earth was to save us from our sins. I like to think he saved us in many ways from ourselves. But what do we make of this story? When Jesus comes along, he tells them the kingdom is among you. Which we've come to understand at, that we do not have to wait to die and go to heaven. That the kingdom is here on earth and we are lucky enough, fortunate enough to be able to say that we are the fruits of that kingdom through Jesus' death and resurrection. That we are the ones who are to carry his message forward. It's not for someone else to think about or worry about. It's for us to worry about. Now, last week I said that those men found Jesus so compelling that they had to leave. They had to leave everything they knew to follow and become a disciple. It's the same thread we roven through this week, but the difference is that we are learning that Jesus is proclaiming a new way of living, a new way of life. We know that the fishermen would have paid taxes on whatever they caught. So they go out, they catch fish, they bring them in, they have them weighed, and they pay taxes on what the weight of the catch was. Then they had to get them ready for market. So it was a long and laborious process. One that maybe they were a little tired of living. Like so many people in this world today, I think of what they did as quiet quitting. We heard during the pandemic of people who walked away from their jobs because they just didn't want to be bothered with the hassle every day of getting up, going to work, coming home, going to bed, getting up and doing the whole ding-dang thing all over again. Maybe the disciples felt that way. Maybe they too were tired of Rome deciding what they were going to do, who they were going to pay homage to, who they would pay taxes to. Bless you. It took a lot, as I said, it took a lot of courage. 
for them to make that decision. But they were willing to make it because they knew that what Jesus promised when he talked to them was far better than what they were living now. Jesus makes the same promises to us today. We only have to be willing to embrace what he tells us and bring it into our souls and our bones and make it a way of our life. I was reading an article about Bono in the Atlantic, and he talked, he's a the lead singer of the band U2, and he's also a very devout Christian. He has never let his Christian values go away. It even, when he was in high school, they thought about disbanding U2 because they felt it got in the way of who they wanted to be as followers of the risen Christ. He says he knows that he wasn't perfect. He knows that he made mistakes. But sitting with a journalist in a cafe in, the, in Ireland, he said to the journalist, if somebody came rushing in off the street right now and said to you, said to me, would you like to follow Christ? He said, I would jump up and put my hands up and say, yes, I'm willing to do that. That's how strong his faith is woven into his life. We know that he's done work for AIDS and global poverty and all kinds of charitable events. But also to show us his humanity, he said that he went to the White House. He's met dozens of famous people, probably hundreds. But he went to the White House for a, a dinner and got food poisoning. And he found himself sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom to try to recover so he could go home at the end of the night. That someone would show that side of his humanity, that he was willing to be vulnerable with the journalist and with us, tells us that that is the very vulnerability that Jesus is calling us to embrace. The vulnerability that says, I don't have all the answers. I need your help. Come with me. Let's change the world. Let us not be pawns of a system that wants to keep us less than we are. Let us take our hands, I can hear Bono saying, and work for the betterment of, our of God's creation, of God's world. Now Bono is, of course, famous and has oodles of money, but he's never forgotten who it is that he worships. And it's easy to lose sight of that, no matter if you're a Bono or you're a me or a you. We can all get caught up in our own little hysterics of the day. We can all forget why we come together, why we choose to be in this place today, because our minds are whirling with all of our problems and the problems of the world. But when we stop for one moment and reflect on those fishermen, those men, that we're willing to take the call, accept the call that Jesus was giving that day. He was telling them, come 
and see and embrace a new life and walk away from everything you know because what I offer is so much better. I have to agree, it is so much better. It's not easy and not many of us are able to do it. But for those of us who do, we find a whole new way of life and a whole new way to interact with each other. Come and make and fish for people. That's still a command we are given today. It wasn't something that happened 2,000 years ago. We still, as Christians, fish for people. We just have to be willing to reach out and say to somebody, I know Jesus and I want you to know him. I want you, like Bono said, to get on to the best thing going. So come, come and join me. Come and help us fish for people. Amen.